0: Uh, thanks everyone for coming in and uh of course we're going to get to uh uh memorializing kendra mcgowan our patriot missile uh later, later on in the show but right i just want to thank you uh nick uh the last time you were with us as, as we resuscitate the old radio radio free three don't you're you're now all over the place exercises in e pluribus unum or just aotp for short um <laughs> uh, no one's going to steal that uh, at least i yeah. hope not so um uh, Last time you were with us, Nick, uh, on, on our guest on both uh, the Young Gun Conservative or uh, Radio Free Three you on Jack Show. You were just an international film and television star. Now you are a foremost. Uh, let's see if I can get this right. Racist, white supremacist, terrorist, insurrectionist. How yeah. do you keep so busy?
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot of work to be done. You know, it's uh, I gotta I gotta keep moving. But yeah, I've, uh, I made a movie about January sixth because I was there and uh, didn't see anything like what the media told me was there. So I made a movie about what I saw, and then um, you know, so that's uh, that's made me a big deal in Hollywood, as you might imagine. A lot of a lot of people are now hiring me because I because uh, I made that movie. You're
0: well, you're a bigger deal than you used to be. I would <laughs> say a bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, uh, 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 in, since last we spoke, uh, you were uh, directed and uh, were involved with uh, Gosnell.
1: And, oh, it's uh, been
0: that long. Oh my it, gosh, it, right, it yeah. has been. It's it, I'm thinking it's it's been a while since I've since since I had to retire the podcast and focus on umpiring because that's just you know uh, how our brother's got to make ends meet, especially out here in Arizona now. So uh, oh, and we have everyone's on camera now. We're all here. Woo-hoo. Yay. <laughs> We're all visible. So, I mean, uh, what, these projects, uh, Nick, that, you know, obviously are making you a very popular guy in, ho- in Hollywood. I mean, just uh, what, what attracts you to, or, or how do these things find you or do you go and find them or just how does it work? Well, a little of both. I mean, I think part of, you know, people are
1: always asking me, do, do I think I've paid a price for being open about my political beliefs in Hollywood? And, yeah, in some ways I have, but in other ways, uh, you know, it attracts other people and so in the last few years you know i've been able to make movies that i actually believe in and i care about with with people that don't hate me so it's it's uh it you know it's a double-edged sword yes in some ways i don't get as much hollywood work as i used to although i still get some right but i i get some hollywood work i mean some uh some creative work that doesn't generate out of hollywood so i think in the in the uh in the at the end of the day, I think I'm doing better than I would have if I would pretended that I was something that I'm not.
0: Well, and not many people were in not one, but two films nominated for best picture for what it's worth with the Academy Awards, but, and then the one that won best picture. So, I mean, not many people can say that, but you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I've been very, very fortunate in my career and, you know, the way I look at it is I've, you know, have a few years left here where I can do what I want until I, really get sick of it and don't want to do anything at all so i'd rather just spend the, those few years doing things that i care about and and uh making movies with people that don't hate my guts and and want to kill me because i'm not a democrat
0: so. <laughs> well and on that note uh, it's been so long uh you and i are both california expatriates now yeah and uh so uh uh, not long ago, you were doing your non-essential walks through uh, the streets of Burbank and beyond in uh, in Los Angeles. And so, what was it that finally uh, made you say, "You know what, California, adios"? Well, I'm not completely out.
1: I still okay. I, I still have a, a little, a few little, uh, you know, toeholds in 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 Burbank. But you know, it's just got to the point where it's like we got to get out of here. They're destroying the state uh they they, basically all the sensible people are leaving or at least enough of the sensible people are leaving that it makes uh makes it intolerable to be there and so we just need we my wife and i knew that we needed an escape route and we're both from back east anyway i'm from north carolina she's from kentucky we sort of a lot of our friends were moving to nashville every time we visited her family we would have to fly into nashville anyway so it was a logical step for us to uh, put down some roots in uh, Franklin, Tennessee.
0: And, wow. we're, and we're looking at you, Marino, as uh, the last one of the few sensible people still there in California.
2: I'm going to be I'm going to be John Heston and the Omega Man.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, so when the, when the Democrat zombies come up, my driveway, I'll kill them.
3: that's right all right well don't forget don't forget aim for the head aim for the head that's right that's right
1: (laughs) but it really is it's becoming zombie land out there it's like it's it's very scary i mean you walk outside and there's you know four out of five people on the street are walking their dog with a mask on it's like okay everybody's insane here except me yeah
0: I, I did notice that uh, Governor Newsom was still wearing a mask in a press conference yesterday. I'm like, is Arizona that different? And apparently, it is. I, I, I it's just hard for it to wrap my head around. A continuing well, it's lunacy. It's just oh, theater. it's completely theater. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was in a, I was on a store.
2: Uh, I didn't wear a mask, and a, a woman came up to, "Where's your mask?" I said, "I gave it to Gavin Newsom. He's
0: collecting them." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, ever the rebel jack i love it it's
3: not it's no better in north carolina we got uh governor i don't even know what the hell his name is that's how important he is cooper. uh oh cooper, cooper. thank you <laughs> thank you thank you thank you fellow nick uh yeah i mean he's he's uh, from the same crap that newsom and and cuomo was and all that so i mean i i got accosted by a woman as well a karen uh in the grocery store. <laughs> She asked me the same thing. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot it at home. Well, you need to put one on." Well, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So, uh, I, 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 down south here, uh, even though it's it was it's, I guess a blue state, people are fed up, fed up with yeah. the crap. Yeah. So, and, what, and, and what part then,
1: of North Carolina? What part of North I'm Carolina? in
3: Charlotte. Uh yeah. I am actually about 10 15 minutes from downtown Charlotte. So, I mean, right. uh unfortunately Charlotte is becoming a a blue city. Uh yeah. but I, I think uh, it, it is what it is, but I, I think there's enough uh uh people that are fed up with the crap that they saw in 2020 that uh 2022 is going to be probably the biggest red wave that We've probably seen since
0: '94. Yeah. So. I hope. I
3: hope.
1: And, and, and well, them- <laughs> if they count the votes, I
3: mean, you know. That's, that's- <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Or or how many times they count yeah. votes that are found right. and refound. So, and well, yeah. get, back, back with capital punishment, Nick, because I know uh, I'm going to throw my mother under the bus here uh, because she's still. And I, I just talking with her about you're going to be on the show and everything, and, just, and watching the movie. Um, uh, and she's still buying into it. Well, I wish Trump wouldn't have done this or he wouldn't have done that. And it's like, no, mom, that's not what happened. And I'm, I'm letting her borrow my copy of the DVD so she can get on the right right uh, trip here. So, I mean, how much did you encounter that as, as you made the movie, just people who were ignorant of what really happened?
1: Well, what I've really found is that, you know, people who don't want to believe that right. the, they're lying about it just won't watch it. I mean, uh, you know, they won't they won't even give it a chance i mean I, I sort of fired my agent over christmas because basically we had this conversation where he told me he wasn't going to watch capital punishment and i said bitch you're my agent even if you don't like it you have to watch it i mean i've sat through michael Moore movies it didn't turn me into an idiot you can probably watch this you know and he just mm-hmm. refused to watch it, and that's that's so much of what goes on on the left they just they refuse to take in anything that might you know disrupt their worldview, and you you know in a way, it's like if they stop believing what they're believing, they lose all their friends, they lose everything you know it's like they, they're in this cult, and it, it it's really like i'm a you know i'm it's like they're in Scientology and I'm like some you know. What, whatever they call it a, a, <laughs>
2: you're like you're like a Roman Catholic <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, and so yeah. They, can't, they just can't take any of it in and that's well it's basically it, it, it,
3: it's basically cognitive dissonance right. it's it, 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 you know you throw something at them that they've you know they've believed something for so long because they've been you know told it over and over yeah. and over again and then you provide them something that goes <clears throat> completely you know uh, against what they believe and it just you just almost almost see it in the, in their eyes like they short-circuit. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, they, they can't process it. They but can't process we, it. But we have had a lot of success with the movie. I mean, a lot of people, because there's stuff in this movie you're not going to see anywhere else. I mean, it's, the heart of the movie is what the FBI is doing to these d- decent Americans who just right. went to Washington on January 6th. Most of them didn't even go in the building. And they're having right. their doors broken in and their children handcuffed. And dragged out in the street in front of their neighbors like they're serial killers, just because they dared to say, "I don't think the election was on the up and up." So right. that's what's going on. And and people who see the movie are really shocked at what our government has become.
0: And do you see, and uh, as you know, uh, more and more people are, are getting buyer's remorse with Biden. An opportunity right now with capital punishment to say, "Well, hey, you're unhappy about this. Here's." Why don't you check this out now? Do you think that maybe, and maybe people might be more open to it at this stage to, to take advantage of that, the buyer's remorse? Maybe some people in the middle, yeah. Okay. Maybe some,
1: maybe some people that are more on the moderate or, you know, I haven't paid that much attention kind of a person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe them. But, you know, you're, you're never going to get the hard left. They
0: they they know their lie,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. They, they, they yeah. Yeah.
0: We're basically looking at you, Barb Provoznik, and I'm, look, I'm going to throw you under the bus just one last time, there, Mom. That's it. I'm done. No more. <laughs> and, and I also want, and uh, Nick, I'm not sure if you can see it back here, but uh, I loved that you threw a, a shout out to the Tin Horn Flats people. So that is the shirt that I bought from them. That we will oh, not yeah. comply. This is about fear and control. We will not comply. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm I, seeing that. I watch credits. I read liner notes for albums still, so I yeah. see these things. So thank, thank you for doing that. And also, I saw in the credits Omar Searcy. Yeah, young omar has not one but two credits on the film so <laughs> kudos for for throwing a bone a little 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 nepotism there well he
1: was an important part of the crew he really was i mean it was a very small crew so he had he had different responsibilities and he did he did very well how, how old is he now
0: uh
1: nick he's 22. jesus <laughs> oh wow yeah crazy
0: isn't it yeah crazy. not, not wow. the guy I was not the guy calling bad fouls i know when i was messing up those calls nick i know i get bad calls i get it so he's, right. he's not that he's not young omar anymore he's growing omar so, no, how, tall
2: he's, is he? how tall is he
0: he's about six one maybe
1: six two oh. um he's working at warner brothers right now and he's uh getting ready to i think he's going to go to a training program he wants to be in the art department he uh is, you know attracted towards that and he and he's also taking some acting classes i mean he he thinks he want to be an wants to be an actor because I made it look easy. <laughs> he, I said, "You don't really want to be an actor. You just look at me and see." Dad sits around on his ass three hundred days <laughs> a year, and that's a good year for Dad. I want to do
0: that. <laughs> and, and I got to throw a shout out uh, that his alma mater, Burroughs, won the baseball state championship or the, the district championship recently for uh, oh, for uh, the, the city league. So yay! Well, they're not the Burroughs Indians anymore. I don't know what they are. So they right. A- they
1: had to change it to the Commanders or something. Oh, is that what know. it is? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what now they then, changed it to. Well, I,
0: I'm a former – I'm still, you know, Wahoo for life with the Cleveland Indians, not the Guardians. So I'm not they're sure what – They're the Guardians they now. Yeah. Okay. You, you stole <laughs> your name from a roller derby team, all right? Yeah. Whatever. I think they changed it to the Burroughs Sissies. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I was about Well, last year uh, the baseball team and well, Joe, Jody Freck, uh, sure, her uh, her son was uh, on the team last year, and they were they're were heading over to Tinhorn Flats and supporting them. So it's uh good. Yeah. Uh, the, the baseball program's in good hands over there with with the uh, the team and the team mom. So that's good.
1: Oh, good. So, that's good.
0: Oh, and and we we've lost uh, young young gun Nick's face. Where'd he go? I'm still here. Okay. Well, you're you're just a YG now. You're just yet. Yeah, you're just sporting a young gun right now. Yeah,
3: we had a we having a bad storm coming through here, so it knocked me off. Uh, knocked me off for a few minutes. Oh wow, he's back. Yeah, we we just talked. I'm back.
1: Well, one thing I was going to say, I mean, you're talking about Charlotte. I think really what's going to happen is that it's just going to be city versus country from here on out. All the cities are going to be blue, and everybody that can't, you know, they they're going to move out into the countryside. That's that's kind of why everybody's that I know is wound up in Franklin, Tennessee. Wow.
0: And uh, also, and now, uh, are are you smiling a little bit more, Nick, with the recent decision uh, with uh, Roe v. Wade and maybe getting a little bit more traction with Gossinell, a little throwback to that?
1: Well, it's it's kind of, yeah, they showed a clip on Fox News the other day. Dean Cain was on talking about the movie and they they messed up fox news put me on air you know they showed a clip from the movie that i was in i'm sure somebody got fired over that i'm i'm kind of persona non grata at fox news these (laughs) days but um yeah i mean it 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 is it does point up you know the thing that shocking that roe v wade was overturned in a way i never believed it would happen but it's really right where it should be now which is like The debate should be in the legislation of different states. Mm -hmm. And that has driven the left insane. It's like they talk about how they want democracy, you know, but here's democracy. You know, this is what it is. You know, you vote for your state representatives who who make the legislation that you want. You vote for that. And they don't want that. They want top down totalitarian federal mandate that abortion is legal. So they're anti-democracy. They're everything they claim to
0: be. They're the opposite.
2: They're, they're just out-and-out out communists. That's it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and, and A year ago, they're telling it's, us, you know, true, well, uh, we, we, we finally steal the my body, my choice last year, and we're not, not putting the jabs in our body. And then it's it's like, you know, yeah. can't win. It's like the shooting in Chicago. Well, I will
3: say. Uh,
2: uh, the, the go shooting, ahead,
3: Jack. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: The shooting in Chicago, it, this is a typical socialist move. To get people afraid so they give up security. Right. Give up freedom for security. Right. Yeah. And they have been doing this since we'll I mean this has been going on since Plato. I mean it's just, you know the same I mean you think the Democrats would come up with a new idea. They don't, because they don't have the brain.
0: Regressive, not progressive, regressive. Yeah. Regressive. I will say this, I actually
3: had the chance uh back during the YGC days. Uh, we actually Actually, Kendra and I uh, got around. Oh, so we got actually to interview uh, Norma McCorvey, uh, who was Jane Roe of Roe v. Wade. And mm-hmm. I mean, she told us flat out, you know, we, they told me what to do. I was a young girl. I was stupid. They would put me in front of a camera and I would just regurgitate what they told me. She told and us straight up. She-
1: that's so crazy that you bring that up because that's a movie I want to make. I have a friend of mine that's written a great treatment about Nor- the Norma McCorvey story. And it really yeah. is amazing, you know. It's it's a great story, and if Hollywood mm-hmm. was really about what they say they're about, it's it's a great woman's journey, you know. Yeah. They, they, you know, and but they yeah. would never touch that with a ten foot pole. So I'm I'm trying to find somebody who will uh, who will help me make that.
0: Well, and that leads me to you know the, the latest project that you're in right now, Nick, uh, is uh, the movie with Gina Carano being distributed by Daily Wire. Is that something you know that? Uh, that you can take and pitch to them. I mean, what, 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 what's that new model looking like? Take us through that and how you got involved with uh, Terror on the Plain. Well, the way I got involved with Terror on the Prairie is Prairie, that Jeremy
1: yeah. Boring tried every way in the world to offer the part that I did to anybody in the world that would do it besides me. Because he hates me and he's jealous of me. But then everybody turned him down and he had no choice. And so I, get, I did the role. So I'm I'm just digging it, Jeremy. But yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great movie. It's a great throwback Western. It reminds me of like The Wild Bunch or Ombre or, you know, a, a lot of really, really great classic Westerns. And it's probably, it's definitely the best film role I've ever had that I've ever had the chance to do. And, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, I would never have gotten to do that part if uh, I hadn't been honest about what I believe and no Hollywood would never have let, if that movie was made in Hollywood, they wouldn't have cast me in that role. So it's, it's a really, really good
0: movie and I'm really good in it. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. tell, tell us about the, the uh, you know just sinking your teeth into a villain role as opposed to you know, like you know being you know, like whether it's Raylan's boss or you know like what well, actually yeah, it wasn't a traditional villain role in Gosnell, but you know it being uh, the you know the the attorney in, in that and uh, just tell tell us about you know, the the fun uh, playing the villain versus you know uh, just well you it, being know being on the other side of it.
1: I kind of started my film career in Pride Green Tomatoes. There you go. Yep wife beating husband. I've played a lot of villains. I've played a lot of wife beaters and serial killers and racists and Klansmen and, you know, I've played a lot of Democrats, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just one more. But um, now the thing that's fun about playing villains is that villains don't think they're bad. You know, villains don't think they're villains. They think they're doing the right thing. And so that's really the fun part of, of playing those roles is like I had and especially in terror on the prairie I had a very good reason for doing the things that I was doing and so when you have that and you play that you're just playing what the character truly believes that he should do and I think that's what makes a a really compelling villain it's not so interesting if you're just some sort of cookie cutter like evil for the sake of evil but you know um that that's what I loved about the character in Terror on the Prairie is that he believes he's justified, and you know I was able to f- figure out a way to believe it myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And for those of us who haven't quite yet uh, t- uh, haven't tapped into the Daily Wire subscription, and that is there any chance we're going to be able to see this on the big screen the way a western should be seen? Uh, you know I don't
1: know of a way. I mean, okay. we, we were kind of pushing for that, but um, they. You know they have a very specific business model at the daily wire and i respect mm-hmm. that it's their money they can do what they want i mean but it is i have seen it once on the big screen we did premiere, have a right. premiere mm-hmm. in, in, in nashville and it's i mean it's a beautiful film I was gonna say,
0: how, how did it look seeing you know i mean just westerns just lend themselves to being seen on the big screen so well it's it's
1: montana i mean it's a beautiful beautiful film i mean it, and uh it it looks great on the big screen the, the funny thing is i did two westerns back to back in the same town in montana one of them hasn't come out yet uh, there's a movie coming out later this year called the old way with uh nicholas cage mm. and uh i'm the title role in that one too i'm the title role in terror on the prairie and i'm the old guy in the old
2: way
0: <laughs> very cool and i i was uh when I had the opportunity to interview John Voigt many moons ago when he was doing the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Zucker movie, the, 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 parody of the, of the Michael Moore movies. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was just saying, you know, look, we're just actors. You know, we, we don't talk politics, but if we do, it's just, I mean, we, it goes a certain, it's a different direction than when you're on a normal movie set. What was it like being on the set of uh, tear on the Prairie and just because Gina was there because she was kicked off because of her politics. Why was it any more or less than you're used to on a set?
1: Well, I remember one of the crew members
0: coming up to me
1: and saying, isn't it great that we're on a film where we're in the majority for a change? And, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know that, that, but it wasn't like overtly political. I mean, you know, sure. you don't have time to do too much discussion when you're making a making a big violent Western in 25 <laughs> days. You know, it was all about business. But, yeah, it was kind of relaxed. And also, you know, we were... We were a non-union production, so we didn't have to do all the SAG after COVID nonsense, you know. So we it was a kind of a no bullshit set, and that was a wonderful, relaxing thing. I mean, I, I've done like SAG movies in the last two years that have just been ridiculous. I mean, it's just laughable the the stuff, the hoops that you have to jump through to, to satisfy the SAG rules it cost the production hundreds of millions of dollars to do all right. that SAG protocol. I mean, that COVID protocol, and it's totally useless.
0: And, uh, of course, you're you're a, a Western villain. Did you fight the urge to wear a mask when you didn't really want to wear a mask? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, that I mean, it's not a bandana. A... You can't use those on airplanes anyway, or you couldn't. So, I mean, that was... Well, those I'm are... not a man. I'm not robbing a bank. I'm, uh, <laughs> know, what would have
3: been great America. is if he had put a, uh, a uh, Make America Great Again.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a, you know, the the joke on the set was like all of our horses were named
0: Brandon. So every time we got a horse, it was like,
1: hey, let's go, Brandon, let's go. You know. so now, there, uh,
0: G- there are blooper reels to look forward to in that regard, then.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's actually a cast and crew photo where we're holding up the let's go, Brandon flag. So that's, awesome. that's not something would, that Hollywood would have done, you know, for sure. No. <laughs>
0: And uh, Jim, as, as our resident, uh, you know, our, our movie guru, I uh, anything you've got for Nick? Uh,
4: I did have one question. So we talked about Gosnell a little bit, and that uh, the funding for that was raised via Indiegogo, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I, it has a history of being willing to fund con- more conservative projects, unlike Kickstarter, which is which gatekeeps them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you when you talk about projects like uh, something like Ro- Roe versus Wade. Would Indiegogo be a viable option for raising the funding for something like that?
1: Ah, uh, sure, but uh, you know, I must say my my personal prejudice is against crowdfunding. I, I don't think that's a a great way to do things because I'd rather do it the conventional way with investors because then there's an incentive to make money. You know, you right. want to pay back the investors. when somebody when a movie's crowdfunded, it's like somebody just gave you the money. And so then you don't have any sort of fiduciary responsibility to pay them back. And I think that's important. Right. I, I think that what we have to do in order to get more conservative <clears throat> movies, we have to make them profitable. You
0: know. So Yep. And get them into theaters. Hint, hint, Jeremy <laughs> and Ben, hint, hint. I'd like to see. I work at a the movie theater part time right now and I'd love to. Nick, come on out to Arizona. Not now, it's very, very hot. And you know, may, maybe in the fall, come out and then do uh, hell. It's hot everywhere now, hot. Yeah. and you've got to deal with muggy where you are. So at, yeah. at least there's that uh, cliche of it's a dry heat here. Yeah, it's hot. It Doesn't matter. But uh, movie theaters, please, where it's air conditioned. So, uh, and Jack, where well, you 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 know all about the the movies and all, that, you know the funding and that goes in well, all with that. So, uh,
2: yeah, I, I did I did three of my own films funded private sector. And, um, the last film, I, I couldn't sell. I had over 250 screenings in Hollywood. You don't have that many screenings if your movie sucks. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, but politically, my film, uh, I showed the Vietnam vets as heroes, and that went against their total agenda, and they just wouldn't take it out. And I demanded money up front, because so, they said, well, we don't pay for films. I said, well, I don't make movies for free. <laughs> so, you know, what do we do? Yeah, you because know, if I if I sign the film over to you, I won't see it done. That's it. And I've got thirty investors to pay back.
0: Yeah. So. Now and uh, Nick Nick beyond the uh the Nicolas Cage project, what, what what else is in the hopper now?
1: Hmm. Oh, there's a movie called Reagan that's coming out sometime oh, that's this right. year. With uh Dennis Quaid plays Reagan and I play James Baker. And, <laughs> um you know, I I told him, you know,
0: I, okay, I'll play a swamp creature. Okay, <laughs> is that going to have a theatrical release or more more streaming or? I think above? it is. I think it is.
1: It's 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 a long time coming out, so yeah. I think they're holding on for the theatrical release. They're trying to time it right. I mean, it's a big, it's a big twenty million dollar movie. Oh. But, but they made it right during the heart of the whole COVID nonsense, and that mm. that's one of the things that you know. When I was doing that movie, they we did a scene where it's supposed to be the Republican National Convention in 1972, and they had to bring all the actors in in separate golf carts, and we all have our masks on and all that shit. And we we get to the set, and we're all crammed in this little space, and all the background people have their masks on and they're in costume. And the first AD says, "Okay, everybody, when we say rolling, everybody take your mask on and tuck it into your pocket so you can't." see it and then we'll play the scene and then as soon as they say cut put your mask back on
0: you know, and i'm like
1: yeah
3: because all
0: uh, nuts. <laughs> so, well it's, it's, like, you, it's like it's like it's like the
3: same bullshit well. when you go to a restaurant you know you go to a restaurant oh take your mask off while you eat oh yeah i'm not going to get covid while i eat dumbass
1: right yeah <laughs> like that's what i said when he said that i said well okay if we're all acting well, the virus knows we will think that it's 1972. Yeah, it didn't exactly. Exist back then, but if you suck, you're <laughs> going to get sick. So better act yeah. with your
3: ass
1: off. Well, Johnny
0: right there says it the best for me with, the, with that middle finger coming up. Uh, if you're seeing me in widescreen, you see Johnny Cash. If not, I see uh, him. I I'm see him panning, in the background. I'm panning, scanned out. This is, it's, uh, it's a weird, weird situation here. So, but good old Johnny.
2: Yeah, COVID knows when you go into the bathroom in the restaurant, you're going to put it back on.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it also, when you're sitting down at a restaurant and eating, COVID stays about three and a half feet off the ground.
2: Right. So if you're sitting
1: oh, down. And
3: don't, and, 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 and don't forget, COVID knows that uh, it, once 11 o'clock hits, that's when it can roam around freely.
1: All right. Well that's, that's right. yeah, that was a, a good you know, when it was like to ten to five AM curfew. It's like, what does COVID get drunk and just like about ten, <laughs> 10 o'clock at night it starts going, Okay, I'm gonna infect somebody.
3: I'm gonna drunk white girl. It's a drunk white girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that's right. I'm getting somebody.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> had to be a white girl, didn't it, Nick? Just had to be a white yes, girl. Yes, it did. It had okay. to be a white girl. I understand. Mm-hmm. Now and well, un- another reason what we're here and you know uh, un- unfortunately uh, our-, our good friend uh, Kendra McGowan, the Patriot missile passed away recently. I-, I still think you know Jack and I were talking about it the other day. I- he's he's playing some elaborate prank on us. I- I'm convinced of that still. Just uh, yeah,
4: his mischievous really, nature
0: you know. and uh, so uh, Nick Nick uh, Young Gun Nick. You you f- you probably knew him the best. Uh, you know we- he was a co-host with all of us, but he he was a uh, uh, most closely tied with you. I mean, just uh, anything you'd like to share about Mr. Kender.
3: Oh man. I have two. I, I know this is it's
0: endless. So I mean it's it's endless. I, I
3: will say um I will say probably well I met Kender back in two thousand like so we so how Kender and I met, I actually was launching it was right after the uh oh God, the the Obama presidency started. And I was like, man, I got to do something. I got to get out there, get my voice heard, Get, you know, get people, you know, hope. And he, he th- 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 this little asshole comes on my show and starts heckling me uh, on my show. And you know, it was, I was only what, I think it was like five, six episodes in. And after I get off the air, he, he sends me an instant message. Hey, you got time to talk? And he says, man, I thought you did great and all that stuff. I said, man, I appreciate it. And I said, man, you're an asshole, though. I will tell you that. He says, well, you got to get used to it. You know, the left is not going to show you any mercy. Why the fuck should I? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I said, uh, awesome. I said, you know, how'd you like to come co-host? He's like, man, that'd be great. So we started off doing it. Um, Too many stories to list. I mean, honestly, we we did some prank calls. Um, Two that stick out. Uh, One, uh, no, three prank calls we did. One to the White House. One to Nancy Pelosi's office, and then one to the Friends of Scotland. Um, Kendra got the smart idea to call the the White House uh, switchboard and asked about pitching an idea called the O bomb. It was a scoop of of uh, grape Kool Aid and a forty, a, cult, a thing a Colt forty-five. As Soon as the <laughs> click hung up, <laughs> right on them. Uh, so that was one. The other one. Um, we called Nancy Pelosi's office. We actually uh, started talking as two Italian immigrants. I mean the worst damn uh, the worst damn Italian accents you could think of for, straight off the boat. Guido <laughs> and Giuseppe. And and Jack, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. You know, we 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 called her house or excuse we called her house. I wish we had called her house. We called her office and wanted to present her with an award called the Women of Paisano Awards, WOP. <laughs> And uh, I will tell you, it was funny as hell because um, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the operator or I guess the, the person at the, uh, you know, that answered the phone was all excited and didn't catch on. And I'm just sitting there. I'm saying I'm this is one dumb son of a bitch right here, but he doesn't realize it. So that was one. But the third one, actually, I think that was the funniest. And I think and, 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 and Kendra told me about this a few years later. Uh, we got haggis legalized in the United States by a Frank call to the Friends of Scotland Caucus in Washington, D.C. And he did the best Scottish bro. And he says, why is it that the Mexicans can have their tripe and we can't have our haggis? And I cannot do the Scottish bro. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. And I'll be a son of a bitch if three years later he says, dude, I, I, out of the clear blue one day, he sends me a message, dude. I said, what's up? He says, do you remember that prank call with the hoggis? I said, yeah. I said, I couldn't stop laughing my ass off. He says, those motherfuckers fell for it. I said, what do you mean? He says, we got it legalized. And he (laughs) sends me the damn bill uh, of (laughs) where hoggis was legalized. I said, that is gangster beyond belief. (laughs) That's awesome. We had so much fun together. I mean, I think we actually scared the living piss out of Evan Sayed. We were uh, this is actually when I first met him in 2010. We were going from L.A. to to San Diego on the P.C.H. And I'm going about 80 miles an hour and I'm getting past and Evan's sitting in my in the passenger seat and Kender is sitting in the back and I'm getting past again. And, and Nick, you know this, you know, we we uh, we, we honor the speed limits here in sure. the East, you know, <laughs> yeah. and Kendra goes, God damn it, Nick, tap into your NASCAR spirit, hit the damn. B- <laughs> 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 I take off. We're going about 110 miles an hour. I look over at Evan. Evan is about to shit himself. Yeah. We go from two hours from L.A. to San Diego. We got there in an hour and 20 minutes. Evan, I, I I thought Evan had left a stain. I was like, how the hell am I gonna tell explain this to Avis? So, but yeah, it was fun. I mean, so many damn memories of Kendra. I mean, he was he was our little buddy. But yeah, he we had we had too much fun together. We had way I, I laughed so much. I I really think I gave myself a couple hernias laughing so hard with that. Man. He was a, he was a gem.
0: And, Nick, I know we, we always had fun having you on the show. And uh, anything that uh, that sticks out with you with uh, with Kender?
1: Well, just For, generally from, speaking, I mean, yeah. he was just always such a, a hilarious kind of upbeat and fearless guy. And, you know, he was, you know, he had his physical challenges and he had his, uh, had his you know, kind of medical issues and all that. But it never dampened his spirit. And, and the thing no. I always... I always loved about Kender is like if there was anybody who could have played the pity card, it, it, it could have been Kender. I mean, he mm-hmm. could have done it and yeah. you could have believed it and you could have thought it was justified. But he never did that. He he was always upbeat every time I saw him. He was he was funny and having fun. And I just loved him. I mean, that, that's all I just. Uh,
3: he had such very, a quick very very wit fun. about him. He, yeah. he, he could yeah. he could disarm you like verbally. Yeah, mentally. Oh my God, he could <laughs> disarm you like no one's damn business, yeah. and leave you with your pants down around your ankles. He could, he could, he disrobe, just disrobe you like that. Verbally, uh, his, his, his verbal skills and and the way he communicated, and you know the way he used wording. I mean, he would use fifty thousand dollars words, as I, you know, as he would like to say. And, and he could, uh, but but yeah, he was he was he great. Me, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he was the poems. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah poet laureate.
0: He was our poet laureate. Exactly. And uh, yeah. Uh, and and Jim, you only uh, all of us have had, you know, actual interaction with him. But You, you got to know Kender, whether it's like as as the co-host on, on various shows and uh, and online. I mean, just what stuck out most. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, Kendor I just got you. to know him through social media mostly. But, uh, you know, he just he came off probably more than anyone that I that I have known through social media, just as someone who absolutely had no patience for. Censoring himself for no. compromising what was saying what was on his mind and how he felt about things.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. You
4: know, I think a lot of us do that, not just because obviously the tech overlords will kick us to the curb, but because uh, you know we want to, you know, tip. You know, we won't, We we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want to step on anybody that's that's reading or, or listening. Uh, and So there can be a lot of self-censorship as well. And he just, probably more than anyone I followed on social media, just did not care about that at all. He was somebody Mm -hmm. who just said, you know, I'm just going to do exactly what I want to do. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say. And I think people like that, I mean, you could extrapolate this to white people like Trump, right, But uh, to some degree. But I mean, people like that that are just fearless about being themselves and about what they're fighting for and what they're speaking up for. You know, you know people like him are just an absolute, they're, they're completely refreshing and they really are uh, an inspiration to, to the rest of us, you know, mm-hmm. who, who feel the same way, but don't necessarily feel empowered to, to speak up that way. And so he really was um, incredibly inspirational to me in that way and I was really grateful to have known him through social media that way.
0: And yeah, it's inspired me to bring back the uh, the, the podcast, and I I, I I we we all miss our our, our little Patriot missile, and it's uh, I'm glad to be back. And then this, I, I know he's you know Jim, you and I talked about just you know uh, him not being able to be here physically to see Roe v. Wade overturned, but we, we we know he's watching right. down. We, we we know he's smiling. Absolutely. And so it's um, I'm glad to be back. And Kendra, you're 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 continuing to inspire so many people, and uh, just. Can't, can't thank him enough for being a presence in my life for, you know, since 2005, six, somewhere in that, that, that time frame.
1: Well, I will say too, I mean, Kender, you know, was part of my being, you know, becoming kind of fearless. I mean, you know, part of what he showed me was like, okay, screw these people. I'm going to say whatever the <laughs> hell I think, you know, it's like, and that was Kender. It was Breitbart was part of that too, you know, mm-hmm. Breitbart, but, Kendra yep. was right up there. was just like, I love this guy. I want to be like him. I don't want to be some pussy who's afraid to say what I think. <laughs> you know?
0: And, Jack, I mean, you, you of course, you you got to go out to Boston with him and speak at some Patriot rallies and uh, just. Uh, yeah, Ken, Kendra, I can't. I, of I, your, I, your, 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 I you don't remember the year
2: I met Kendra, but it was probably around 2005 like you did around the same time because we were mm. all together.
0: Um, the San Fernando the, Valley Republicans, that was us, yes.
2: Yeah. You no, to me, he was like a brother. I mean, he he used to send me his poems. He, we used to talk on the phone at night a lot, you know. Um, and then we'd talk um, on Facebook and messages and stuff and stuff, you know, stuff would happen in the news and stuff, or I'd call him. And, uh, but, you know, he, there was a guy who was writing po- poems, uh, Jim Joyce, who I in- introduced him to, and he, he kind of just thought he was the master poet. And... Um, and I told, I said, Kenda, you know, I mean, Jim's a different type of a poet and you're a different type. I said, but your stuff is just as good. I said, I mean, there's, there's no, you know, and he he never believed that. He, he thought Jim was a master and uh, uh, Jim passed away and then, and, 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 you know, Kenda kind of took over his mantle, you know, with all his sarcastic uh, political poems. I mean, he did the thing about the Ode to the Boob. <laughs> 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 I remember that. know so uh but yeah you know we him and i had gone to boston and uh and i was telling him about because i grew up there so i told him you know what what he has to go see he flew into logan and he got a taxi and went downtown boston and he didn't go to didn't go to the hotel and he walked the freedom trail he wanted to see where all the patriots were all the founding fathers and stuff so he actually walked the whole area in boston and then and then we the first speech was in the Boston Common, so he was up all morning, and we had, I think we had to speak around 1 or 2 o'clock, and uh, and that was my first time speaking in front of a, cl- a crowd. I, I kind of winged it, and um, uh, but uh, it was about 2,500 people there, so, <clears throat> and then we had to go to, to Columbus Avenue, uh, Columbus Park, and um, make another speech at 4 o'clock and that was in the north end where the Italian section is so he wanted to get something to eat and I said well I said um, you know I'll take you uh, to a fish place that I know I grew up what you know and he loved it I took him there I introduced him to a friend of mine in high school and they they hit it off and uh uh but he wanted to he I told him about my dad he wanted to meet my father so he I said oh, so I took him to the house and my dad spent his whole life redesigning the whole house. He bought a house in 1950, gutted the whole place, rewired it. I mean, he did everything all himself. And he's 94 and he's still working on it. So, So, uh, Kendall was just blown away by it. All the work. And, uh, and he said, and he said this to my dad and I, and we never thought of it this way. He says, this is a physical love letter to your wife, he said. This whole house, because it's done the first floor all the way up into the attic. My dad had Built three rooms in the attic, and uh, my dad was kind of blown away by that. So you know, he just he just had that insight; he could see things. You know, he was just so impressed with the work, all the. Because my dad's a finished carpenter, so. And um, <clears throat> but we had a good time. I mean, I you know I, I I like I told all the the girls in that chat room. I said, Kenda's not dead. He's just in Facebook jail indefinitely. So. You know, so he's he's around, you know, so uh, that's how I'm looking at it. So because I can't I can't I can't believe he's gone. I just can't believe it. Yeah. I'm going to miss his phone call. I'm going to miss talking to him. And that snarky witty hat. He was just brilliant. (laughs) And and one of the biggest things I regret, I mean, living up so far from him. You know, I wish I had known him. When he was doing those renaissance fairs because i always wanted to do a renaissance fair i knew a lot about Shakespeare dressed up in those costumes and just go for it
1: (laughs) i think i saw Kendra at one of those i think i went to one of them that he was there
2: yeah i just seen the pictures you know i said we used to talk about it all the time you know but when when i did my radio show he he came on a couple times and he did some voiceovers for me. he did some introductions you know which i still have
3: he used to do the all the parody songs remember i mean uh you know i I don't remember how many of them he did and we used them on the show when we did our commercial breaks i mean it it was hilarious yeah you know so yeah he was uh he was quite creative right Uh, um so yeah he 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 was a master when it came to work i mean I, i will tell i will say um he actually helped my wife. She was um, struggling with a presentation for her work, and she was just, you know, trying to find the wording, you know. And, and uh, I said, uh, i got someone that could probably help you. And I called Kendra up, and I said, uh, hey, buddy, you know, we talked for a minute. I said, um, would you be able to help my wife out? Uh, I said, she's got this presentation for work, and she's struggling to find the words. He says, yeah. He says, when do you want? I said, you know, do you have time tomorrow? He said, sure. He said, let me know what time. And, you know, lo and behold, he, he was like, hey, is she ready? And they probably talked for about a good 30 minutes and uh, made her feel better because, you know, she was struggling. She's kind of having, I guess, uh, mental block, I guess, or whatever. And he said, don't use the big words. Use the 10, 20, 50, 20 you know, 10 cent, 25 cent words. He says, you don't need to use anything big. He wow. says, you know, I mean, that was the thing he made. Even though he had that wit and that intellect about him, he never made you feel insignificant. Right. You know, that was the thing about Kendra. He always made you, you know, he always made you feel like always inclusive. You know, right. he had that that intellect about him. He never made you feel like you were stupid. Unless you were on the left. Then he really <laughs> would land you, but, you know. Uh, but he he always was the type though that would you know will always include you in something and just you know talk to you on on a normal level. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, the greatest compliment yeah. Kennedy gave me is when I started my radio show, and he just said he thought my opening was the greatest opening in any in any radio, in yeah. all, all of radio.
0: So yeah, you know, and uh, you and certainly you did set a mood, Jack. Absolutely, I I will second that vote. Absolutely, yeah, well, I, I will. Uh, yeah, he, he he helped me
2: tweak it because I kept rewriting it like every year I change it, you know, to you know give it more life. And uh, but he would help me tweak it here and there. So, so he was he was he was a great friend. I mean, was, you know, I could call him up. I,
3: I will say this: he was funny as hell. The very first day I met him, I, I I I I go and meet him. First thing he says, "Hey, buddy, welcome to the land of fake tits and real assholes." I said, "Dude, that's gangster." <laughs>
1: Um, I just came across something. That, you know, he's still got his uh, kendersmusings.blogspot. Oh,
0: man.
3: Oh, wow.
1: Do you mind if I do a reading of one of his things right here?
0: I, I, I believe we would. Uh, I know I would be honored, Nick. So That'd be great. Right. Yeah, Have go for that. it.
1: This go is called, for it. This is called the penis rant. <laughs> <laughs> Women on the left scream they are more than just a vagina and then base their worldview around their vagina. i.e. abortion free birth control which is odd because women are more than just a vagina men on the other hand are no more than a life support system for their penis but men are okay with this face it we get up and go to work because of our penis work means we get money money means we can take women out to dinner taking women out to dinner sometimes leads to having sex having sex makes our penis very happy (laughs) We try to dress nicely because of our penis. Women like well-dressed men. A well-dressed man is more likely to have a woman undress him and have sex with him. When women undress our well-dressed selves and have sex with us, the penis is happy. We shower because of our penis. Women like clean, nice-smelling men. If you're a clean, nice-smelling man, there is a higher likelihood of some woman having sex with you. When they have sex with you, the penis is happy. So while women may scream they are more than just a vagina and then undertake actions that go against that very statement, us guys know we aren't more than our penis. And we not only don't claim we are, but we worship our penis. It is our reason for existing. And now you women can understand why we get confused when you, too, do not worship our almighty, all-driving, only reason for existing penis like we do. <laughs> right, guys, i
0: cannot think of a better way to end the resu- the resurrection the rising from the ashes than a tribute to Kendra, having nick as our guest reading that lovely ode to the penis the i uh, i mean i'm gonna
1: uh, you know i haven't been paying enough attention to my penis it just reminded me i'm gonna <laughs> I need to, I need
2: to, when well, well, we get off
1: here, I'm going to be like Jeffrey too, but I'm going to play a, pay a lot more attention to it. And,
0: you know, and we are coming up on your hard out too, Nick. Oh, really, oh sorry, yes. sorry, I'm sorry. i got a hard out at 10. So, sometimes I, I'm, I I I go. I go Nick, for Nick is
3: just going to get in touch with himself. Let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, has, has,
1: he's, 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 he's basically reminded me why
0: I exist. Kendra McGowan. We miss you, buddy. You're uh, on, you know, yes, You're a permanent Facebook jail. Well, and, and your musings will always be with us. And, uh, just, uh, Gwen, Gwen Hartman, uh, Ken, uh, you know, uh, Kendra soulmate wife and, uh, you know, widow. It's thank you for giving us the blessing to talk about, uh, Kendra and pay him tribute tonight. And,
1: Absolutely.
0: uh, and, uh, please everyone keep Kendra and, and, and Gwen in your prayers. And, uh, and check out Terror on the Prairie over at Daily Wire. Look for Nick later this year with Nicholas Cage and uh, and beyond that. And check out yeah. Gosnell. Check out uh, Capital Punishment and and yeah. th- tell everybody how they can uh, get into that. Capitalpunishment.locals.com
1: Com is a easy way to do it. Or you can also go to GiveMeLibertyNow.org. Org. Those two places you can you can watch the film there.
0: Sweet. Excellent. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us. Guy uh Jack, Jim, and uh, Nick uh, Young Gun Palizos. Th- thank you for uh for being with us here as, as uh we get restarted with the podcast and all over the place we're back. And uh thanks everyone for checking. Oh well, one more one more question for, question.
2: For Nick, where did you read that uh, Ode to the penis? Which night?
0: It's
2: uh it's Kenders Music.